This week's episode of the Star Wars Report is brought to you by the good folks supporting us over on patreon.com slash Star Wars Report. Let's do the show, folks. Come, come, come. And who might you be? It's the Star Wars Report. Star Wars Report. Star Wars Report. The place for Star Wars news, features, interviews, and more. Then we can do something epic. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Please delete as appropriate. The Force. It's calling to you. Just let it in. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Star Wars Report podcast. I'm your host, Riley Blanton. Hosting solo this week, uh, and also late this week, but I have an excuse. He says, taking a sip from his Black Spire Outpost coffee mug. Uh, I have an excuse. Uh, I just got back from getting married. <laughs> Again. <laughs> Second time's the charm. Uh... Well, at least to the same person. It was a COVID. It was the official COVID post-ish COVID wedding reception. It was a whole thing. There was a Star Wars reference, though. Um, I think I mentioned it on last week's show, but uh, I did end up. Uh, the DJ ended up using the in uh, a New Hope in credits music as the wedding party walked out <clears throat> onto the reception floor. So that was pretty sweet. There's some. There was some Star Wars. I was surprised, honestly. <laughs> At one point, the photographer actually walked up to me and was like, oh, I'm such a huge fan of The Mandalorian. Isn't it great? I, I have a baby Grogu phone case. She showed it to me. And I, I knew she was serious about it because she called him Baby Grogu. Like, that's what you really know. Like, if you're a real... She, she said it too. Like, yeah. I, I was Maybe I'm reading into it, but the way she said it is like, if, if you're a real fan of the Mandalorian, you know <clears throat> Baby Grogu. Don't call him Baby Yoda like the normies. At least that's what it seemed like she was saying. Uh, but hey, welcome to the podcast. Uh, we've got a bit, little bit to talk about. i got a couple news stories, and I was going to cap off the show with... Um, I don't know, just some thoughts I've had uh, about Star Wars uh, fandom and my Star Wars fandom, especially in light of recent events. You'll notice that we haven't really, eh, well, we haven't at all talked about uh, the Gina Carano situation, which has been a centerpiece of fan discussion for weeks now. And and I'll get into why and and also I think a little bit about like Star Wars, where it sits now. Um but it won't get too meta. We won't get too meta. We do actually have, uh, we do have some news. We have something to report. The closer I have good news. Data brought to us by the Botham spies. We can send a clear transmission. There it is. Listen, listen. Uh, straight from Deadline, the Obi Wan series. Obi Wan Kenobi. Now that's a name I've not heard. Well, um, they've added Game of Thrones star. Adirna Varma, I hope I pronounced that correctly, Adirna Varma to join the Disney Plus Star Wars spinoff uh, Kenobi. It's not an official confirmation, but Deadline's usually pretty good. It's a, it's a reasonably good source. So I expect more of these casting, um, casting rumors to be popping up as the series gets ready to go uh, in front of cameras. Now, Adirna Varma, she, um, <laughs> I said, <laughs> Adele Dazeem, <laughs> that's all I could think of. Some of you got that reference. 
Um, but she's a. I really only know her from Game of Thrones, uh, as I would call her the Queen of the Snake People, the Snake Ladies. Uh, she's also Prince Oberyn's paramour. Uh, Prince Oberyn Martell, Star Wars connection, played by Pedro Pascal uh, of The Mandalorian. So, bringing more crossover from the Game of Thrones universe into the Star Wars universe. Um, of course, what we know about Kenobi so far, actually probably what we know the most about it, um, and it's the series that we've known for the longest time that was in development, because this goes back to D23, what, two, three years ago, I want to say? Um, it was it was a project that was in production hell for the longest time. I think it, probably going back and forth as to whether or not it was going to be a spin-off movie, which is what they were probably originally going to make this thing. Uh, but they announced it as a Disney Plus series. Uh, Kathleen Kennedy brought Ewan McGregor on stage. Everybody went nuts, screaming. Um, but they've, they've added a few more details at the Disney Investor Day um, earlier this year, announcing that Hayden Christensen would be aboard for the series. So that's what we know so far. Ewan McGregor's back, uh, set between episode three and episode four, of course. And uh, Hayden Christensen will be back as Darth Vader. So, uh, I feel like of the various um, uh, Disney Plus series, it's what we know the most about. And it's probably, if I'm honest, the one I'm most excited about. Um, Mostly because I I think a lot of it really is because of my, my age and my, you know onboarding into star wars fandom being in the prequel era there's something about the prequels uh which have that spot of nostalgia in my heart in the same way that i think for a lot of you guys listening if you're an ot generation um dude or dudette like the original trilogy is or maybe it's the 97 re-releases for me you know the first star wars movie i ever saw was the phantom menace so there's something about ewan mcgregor coming back as obi-wan kenobi who is my favorite star wars character that means that this is the um series that i'm most excited for um and and you know what there was a fun little uh like social media i didn't add it to the rundown but uh ewan mcgregor posted a selfie a gym selfie like you do obi bro kenobi (laughs) um looking pretty good though looking pretty buff so production is well on its way for uh, Star Wars Kenobi, and they've added uh, Idira Varma to uh, the cast. At least not official official, but about as official as you can get. Uh, the next one I wanted to cover for you guys was the... I, I honestly debated whether or not to cover this. <clears throat> These are the kinds of rumors that... Some are a little on the clickbaity side, but it seemed to have enough juice worth the squeeze to to talk about on the show. And that is a report from LRM Online, which is a movie blog I've never heard of, but it is they they say this is the their like source that confirms at least is what they're saying that Harrison Dula is set to replace Cara Dune on Rangers of the New Republic. Exclusive exclusive um fire up the youtube live stream now exclusive reveal <laughs> um i thought this was kind of interesting I'm, I'm just gonna go straight to the article i'll link to it also in the in the show notes but um harrison Dula could be making her live action debut in rangers of the new republic 
Uh, definitely been an interesting few months for uh, Lucasfilm and the Mandalorian franchise. You could say that. Uh, at the Investor Day presentation was with, was with um, Kathleen Kennedy. She unveiled the long list of Star Wars projects, including Rangers of the New Republic. And this is where we get on assumptions. Most assumed that this series was lined up for Gina Carano's character, Cara Dune, uh, to, be, to lead the show. And then, of course, we have the whole Gina Carano saga, which we I'm sure you're familiar with. We're not going to cover or relitigate right here. But the interesting thing about um, <laughs> that sentence is the word assume, because it's a rumor based on an assumption, based on a single source. I don't know, guys. I I think it's a little flimsy. Now, the assumption could be good because, you know, she kind of, she was deputized. So maybe that's what they're talking about when they say Rangers of the New Republic. But um, I don't know, guys. I, I, I just, it's a little thin. Um, some outlets, so outlets have been speculating like whether or not they recast the character of Cara Dune if indeed she's the the lead for Rangers of the New Republic. Um, what, what, what LRM is saying their scoop is is that they have a source at Lucasfilm that has, quote, told us that creatives are looking to bring Harrison Dula as the bridge to connect the show to the Mandalorian universe. Production of Rangers is still a while away. However, the issue creatives are running into is finding time to introduce a new character and connect to the Mando-verse. Hera was introduced, of course, in Star Wars Rebels, Pilot of the Ghost. You guys know who Harrison Dula is. So, um... What's Hera up to? Uh, at the time of Return of the Jedi, she had achieved the rank of captain and is now part of multiple iconic Star Wars battles. Uh, of course, she was in Rogue One as well. Um, so, I, I think it... it what, I, as much as I've kind of like questioned the, the source, it makes enough sense. This is probably why I wanted to, to even find this worth mentioning on the show. I think that uh, it makes sense in the fact that these are... Range of the New of the New Republic, Book of Boba Fett, Mando season three. All of these are Dave Filoni and John Favreau helmed projects, uh, and I think that as as proven by Ahsoka's introdu- introduction in the Mandalorian and having her own spinoff show, the idea of bringing in a character from one of Dave Filoni's previous projects like Hera into the uh, the Disney Plus series and maybe into Rangers of the New Republic. I could see that being the case. It would be kind of a first in that it's um, a a lead Twi'lek character in a in live action form. Um, we've had Twi'lek characters scattered throughout the movies plenty of times, but um, we've only really had a lead character in an animated form. So I think that'd be kind of interesting to see maybe even technologically how they can do that without it looking like bad cosplay. <laughs> I hope they would put it the the effort and budget to, to make her look like Hera. Um, Hera is one of my favorite characters from Rebels. Not going to lie. Hera and, and Kanan are the, the two standout characters to me in that series. Um, so I'd be excited to see her as a part of the Rangers of the New Republic. If indeed she is, if indeed Rangers of the New Republic was going to have Cara Dune, if you know there's like there's a lot of ifs here <laughs> but worth mentioning i figure um and as far as 
Oh, and I, and I, oh, and I almost forgot to mention the other part that makes sense um, to me about about Hera being brought into uh, the Disney Plus series is this whole idea and and speculation that I've seen that I that to me makes sense um, of 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 sort of it being uh, of maybe Rangers of the New Republic or the Ahsoka series especially being a spiritual f- follow up to Star Wars Rebels. And 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 I think it's been a while. It's been a hot second since Star Wars Rebels even um, has been on the air. So it's probably worth a quick recap. Um, you know, four seasons long, and it ended. Um, I mean, the spoiler alert. Um, but uh, Ezra fulfilled his destiny as a Jedi. He saved his home planet of Lothal. And uh, he's whisked away on the space whales. That last season of Rebels got a little weird, let's be honest. <laughs> um, but yes, the space whales that can fly through hyperspace, he's whisked away, he disappears, and in our sort of epilogue, that's when Sabine Wren um, uh, reunited with Ahsoka Tano, and uh, they pledged to go find... Ezra. Um, yeah, it, it, it was a great in- ending. I, and I actually, I mean, I thought like um, Kanan's sacrifice at the end of the series, it was it was incredible. And so I, I did like the, as, as weird as that last season got with the world between worlds and got a little heavy, heady, heavy and Tolkien-ish kind of. But I don't mind that because I'm a huge Tolkien fan. So I liked how um, they left that open possibility of, um, I don't know, going to the search for Ezra re- reuniting Sabine and, and Ahsoka, and, and maybe even Hera, if that's the case. Um, yeah, yeah. So I guess that that sort of brings the uh, the Hera thing to a close. It's a lot to speculate off of one story, um, but I think worth bringing in. And I and I am excited for a a a possibility where more threads from the Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels can be picked up in the future. Oh, and the, and I didn't even put this in the rundown. But um, speaking of Dave Filoni uh, projects, the Bad Batch, the spiritual follow up to. Um, the spiritual follow-up to The Clone Wars was announced to debut May 4th, so expect coverage of each of those episodes as they air right here on the Star Wars Report podcast. Um, what else? What else? They, I feel like... the Oh, and, and, and speaking of Bad Batch, so, so they've kind of unveiled a couple things. Not only is it going to debut on May 4th, but they revealed our first look at the animated version of Finnick Shan, played by Ming-Na Wen, uh, who you guys remember from her debut in The Mandalorian. Um, and what we thought was her death, but then she showed up uh, with Boba Fett at the end. Um, she's a sharpshooter, pretty pretty badass. In fact, she's kind of like a spiritual successor to Ara Singh from The Clone Wars, if you'll remember. Ara Singh actually had a pretty expanded role, um, kind of being a mentor and trainer for Boba Fett. So this was in honor of uh, Women's History Month. The official Star Wars um, Instagram account posted some wallpapers of 
their best animated female characters and in it that's where they snuck in the reveal of Finnick Shan and she definitely has it's a Clone Wars style of uh, Ming-Na Wen looking just like she did pretty much in the in the Mandalorian season one um, and, and there was a I remember there was some outcry when her character was was seemingly killed off so quickly uh, with such a high profile actress with so much potential for the character. And so the fact that uh, that character was brought back and now reappearing, uh, still voiced by Ming-Na Wen in uh, The Bad Batch, I think that's pretty pretty exciting. And, I, and I'm not like... I would prefer a continuation of the Clone Wars stories that were still left, that are still on the, on the shelf from, from the Clone Wars that were planned to go forward. But I'm hoping some of those storylines are, are like Boba Fett and... I don't know. I can think of a few that I'd like to see from Clone Wars that um, could appear in some form in the Bad Batch. But I think it is a test of waters. I don't think it's going to be a very long running series, and I'm sure the Bad Batch is probably going to be one season. If you ask me, that's what I th- that's what I feel like is the safe bet. And here's the thing about Fennec Shan: the Mandalorian actually revealed very little about her. Like we don't know anything about her her story what motivates her her background her history so it's a pretty wide canvas to paint on which i'm pretty excited about um so i hope that they 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 fill in some of that backstory when bad batch premieres but that is again this may may the fourth be with you we are getting new star wars content i feel like in the whole litany of of star wars stuff that's been announced like the book of boba fett and all the and obi-wan all the spinoff series it's easy to forget bad batch but like i remember once upon a time when the very idea of star wars continuing even if it was just one animated show clone wars way back in 2008 like that was enough to make me happy as a star wars fan (laughs) it is again a veritable buffet of Star Wars in front of us, and it's sometimes easy to forget about the appetizer. That's what I feel like Bad Batch is. It's kind of an appetizer for all of this huge, huge dump of content that we're going to be getting uh, on Disney Plus when it comes to Star Wars in the future. You know, I'm going to cap off the show this week, guys, uh, with a little bit of a. I don't know, just a, some thoughts on fandom. I was, uh, I got an, we got an email way back. Let me find, let me pull that up here. If it was like a real, opening the email here, like if it's like, if it was paper or something, but no, it's a from longtime uh, listener and supporter of the show. Find Patreon supporter, actually, patreon.com slash Star Wars Report. Kurt, uh, Kurt says, uh, hey, Star Wars Report team, I'd love to hear your thoughts on the quote unquote civil war. Uh, at Disney between Kathleen Kennedy and John Favreau and Dave Filoni. Is Kathleen Kennedy getting pushed out? Thanks for all the work you guys do. Great show. And Kurt, I think it's um, this is a great time to bring up the idea of tribalism in Star Wars. Um, uh, and, and Kurt, I'm not, this is actually, Kurt, what, I, what I've noticed is you're sort of reading into and seeing the narrative that pops up on the internet about uh, about Star Wars and Star Wars fandom in general, uh, the idea of a faction between within Lucasfilm, kind of a mirror reflection of fandom as 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 like each you know internet fandom has devolved into its own factions, um, and we don't print retractions. I, I now I'm thinking of Hamilton, um, <clears throat> but 
I, this is what happens now. All I have going through my brain is is Hamilton <laughs> lyrics, and I had this whole point. Uh, Kurt, oh, so Kurt, he's asking about the idea of a, a faction between Kathleen Kennedy and John Favreau and Dave Filoni, the idea that High Republic and some of the um, you know films and de- long-term development versus the Disney Plus, John Favreau, Dave Filoni. And, and, and rather than directly answering your question, Kurt, which is I'm sure what the professional thing would be to do, uh, I kind of wanted to zoom out and make a bigger point about tribalism in Star Wars because now it's sort of leaking the the assumptions of and, and tribalism are are within the company as well as without at least in terms of perception. Now, listen, I don't work at Lucasfilm, so I don't know. I don't know. The answer is: is Kathleen getting, Kennedy getting pushed out? Is are, are John Favreau and Dave Filoni like trying to like? Are they the saviors of Star Wars, trying to preserve its legacy as much as it's been polluted by? you know kathleen kennedy's uh you know her chosen directors and yeah there's there's all of it and often it's tragically political which is something that i refuse to talk about um in in the star wars context i get it. i i don't mind jumping into sort of the cultural elements but especially the political elements I, I'm going to leave out. That's that's one reason we haven't covered the Gina Carano situation, because there are other people who've made, I would say, very nuanced good points. There are pe- plenty of people who are <laughs> just manufacturing YouTube videos on both sides of this that are, I would say, uh, clickbait. Um, uh, but, you know, that's, that's how the stuff works. Um, but... As far as tribalism in Star Wars and, and factions within Lucasfilm, I, I, I'll i take a stab at the answer, I guess, Kurt, at least to this way and say, even though I don't know, I don't think so. Because all of these people work in a corporate company with a corporate culture. And there's always, there's always drama and conflict and there's always professional disagreements and especially in a creative uh, in a creative company like lucasfilm so i'm sure that's the case but i don't think um either john favreau or dave filoni are like uh hate kathleen kennedy or like they hate uh ryan johnson and the last jedi and everything it represents i think there's there's nuance there and that's important i think nuance is important um and i think it's even more important because of tribalism in Star Wars, because what what tribalism in fandom, particularly in an age of you know fan media, of which this show is part of, you know, fan media is so prolific; it's everywhere. It's a defining part of uh, these stories and the way that they're told, for better or worse. And sometimes I think for worse, frankly. But um, I, I I think of it. I think of it this way. Here's the best analogy I can draw, and, and and stick with me, guys. But if you've ever been to a a very a budget crappy local zoo, I don't know if any of you guys have ever had this experience. I definitely have. I so I actually grew up overseas, and I remember going to a local zoo. In Samarkand, Uzbekistan, this would have been in 2000, 2000, and maybe maybe 99, as a young kid, probably eight, eight years old. But if you've ever observed monkeys, really at any zoo, <laughs> all they do is 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 what is what they want. It's like if you've ever observed mo- monkeys, 
it's just messing around, playing, hanging out, sleeping, and flinging poo. <laughs> flinging poo, messing around, uh, flinging poo, messing around, eating, uh, flinging poo. It's basically Twitter. Is <laughs> the analogy I'm trying to the analogy I'm trying to make humanity has has come a long way throughout civilization but in a lot of ways modern homo sapiens us humans with our smartphones are still those monkeys flinging poo around <laughs> and, and 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 you know monkeys are tribal animals and so are humans you were innately tribal it's like it's 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 just a part of being a human but now we're just kind of like monkeys with wi-fi <laughs> And and what we love to do is like get with our other monkeys who think the same way we do, and then we feel safe in our little monkey bubble, and we fling poo at the other monkeys that we don't like. And that's kind of what I feel like Star Wars fandom, at least on the internet, has devolved into. And it and what it does is is it kind of um, strips you as a Star Wars fan from being able to appreciate the the story and the mythology of of any of these projects that we've been talking about. Um, it, it, in a nuanced way, it, you feel you have to conform to a narrative that one specific set of poo flinging monkey Star Wars fans believes. <laughs> so it sounds a lot like it ends up sounding a lot like Last Jedi sucked. They ruined Luke Skywalker. I hate Ryan Johnson. He ruined Star Wars forever. Depending on how you feel about Ryan Johnson or The Last Jedi or something, you might be like, yeah, I agree. Or like, no, that's totally wrong. It doesn't objectively understand or talk about or have any like legitimate discourse around the story as it stands that Ryan Johnson told with The Last Jedi, which I liked. It's it's really interesting because if you say if you say uh, with certain communities on YouTube or Twitter, maybe if, even if you're listening to this and, 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 the, and the simple sentence like, I liked The Last Jedi, makes you angry. <laughs> and, 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 I, and it does, it does. There are certain people, like if, you, if I were just, if I hopped on Twitter right now and just said, I liked The Last Jedi on the Star Wars Report account, right? A much bigger account where, you know, it makes a splash. Uh, you would see the replies. People would be legitimately angry. And that's that's really kind of the problem because I I like the Last Jedi, but I have a lot of problems with it, and I and I and, and it's not and just for me personally, I like to. There are parts of that story that I think contributed to the myth of Star Wars and contributed to, um, I don't know, thought provoking, impactful storytelling. And there are parts that I think that they just got wrong that that Ryan Johnson did get wrong when it comes to storytelling in Star Wars. You know, it's just my personal opinion. But my personal opinion, it's difficult to even talk about it in a vacuum because it it fits it now is has to be weighed against the the tribal um factions of Star Wars fandom. And they're they're labels. There are labels. They're they are the Raylos or or the Fandom Menace or like you you name it. There are literally sub factions upon sub factions that identify and must agree on certain aspects of of recent Star Wars. And it really prevents you from being able to appreciate the story 
and and discuss the story as just a Star Wars fan. That's the only label I would put on myself. I'm a Star Wars fan. I like Star Wars, <laughs> you know. And I have n- nuanced and interested thoughts on on Star Wars stories when they come out, and they impact me in different ways for different reasons. And there are some that I like more than others. But when we're talking about like factions and uh, cancel culture and like well you guys suck so we're gonna try to you know mess with you it's just it's just poo flinging <laughs> and that's what and that's the only thing that i've been thinking about a lot when it comes to star wars is that it's it will be much healthier and this is something that we will continue to do on the show is just we're gonna think for ourselves right and this and this has bled into real life a lot people who i can who find out that i'm a star wars fan just like want to walk up to me and talk about star wars like at work, the proverbial water cooler conversation. Like, I can, if, if they, I, from a few comments, I can often predict what their opinions will be about a given Star Wars project. So I can uh, literally within a few moments of talking to someone who's, who's, uh, says something like, well, you know, <sighs> Disney kind of ruined Star Wars, right? You know, a big broad brush statement of all the projects and books and comments and movies and everything. You know, single, you know, just broad swath sweeping statement. Yeah, Disney ruined Star Wars. And I can predict almost down to the detail the, the, the sort of Reddit talking points of, of people who, who think a, a certain exact narrative about The Last Jedi, for example. I'm like, yeah, they ruined like Luke Skywalker's character. You know, blanket statement. Yeah, just ruined Luke Skywalker forever, you know. They don't get it. They don't get get that character. Um, he just gave up. You know, he's grumpy. Didn't want to help. And like, none of those are objectively true about the story. There are elements that are true. There are there are. There's the way that um, Luke Skywalker in the Last Jedi was was hesitant, and there are the reasons that were that he was, and and the story that was told was was thin on details and alluded to a lot, and, and had flashbacks and kind of required the audience to fill in some blanks yourself. Like this is you know Riley's opinion here, but like I couldn't discuss any of that. I couldn't like uh, there's there's no way to talk about like I'd be interested to see like what were the successes in terms of capturing um, the spirit of Yoda's um, learning from your mistakes, that beautiful speech. And that was really impactful for me, but maybe they went over the top with the grumpiness and that kind of distracted from the character arc that Ryan Johnson was trying to tell a, a Luke Skywalker that um, was over overwhelmed by previous failure. And maybe that's there's, there's that's such a coin flip, uh, an opposite side to his character that it would have been helpful to see more of that story instead of just kind of fill it in the back. Like these are all, this is the kinds of conversations that I can have with uh, some of my buddies that come here on the podcast when we, when we talk about star Wars, because it's, it's nuanced, there's subtleties to it. There's successes and failures in the way that uh, Ryan Johnson was going for in that story. And, and we can all have our own opinions about it, but when it's just like, it's, it, it almost, when talking about star Wars sounds like you're like tuning into talking heads on cable news, yelling at each other with, partisan talking points in current politics and it's star wars <laughs> it's sad that's that's unfortunately something that we need to hopefully be able to um avoid and and it's something kurt i'm really glad you sent the email and it's been in the inbox for a little while because i was trying to think about like how to address or how to talk about this kind of stuff on the show and and, and in the past i've often ignored it but I, don't, I think going forward it's something that i will will talk about but it's something that I want to analyze and may, and maybe expose some of the um, uh, 
not hypocrisy, but expose some of the 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 negativity and 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 so that when you hear certain phrases or or whenever you hear a nickname for a subset of fans being used in a derogatory way any any way any fans um uh that's your that's 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 your tip off that's your key uh (laughs) that's your indicator that like oh this is just monkeys flinging poo (laughs) if you that that's that's the takeaway from this segment of like whether it's the raylos you know all those create you know whenever you hear derogatory those fanboys there's a lot of them out there i could list a lot but um but whenever you hear that just 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 take the take a deep breath and be like (laughs) maybe chuckle to yourself a little bit like oh yeah monkeys flinging poo because that's not what the star wars report is we focus on what we love about star wars and we we critique the things we don't like but we certainly don't cast judgment on other people and who they are and and their legitimacy as a fan or even as a person um we treat people with dignity and respect that's the important thing um and that's what being a star wars fan is 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 all about so regardless of how you feel about any of the past projects of the disney area or the future projects that's what we want to be able to do here uh, at the Star Wars Report, and I hope you continue to uh, stay subscribed and 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 contribute to the show um, as we, you know, make it as interactive as possible. And and you know what, I'll do a quick plug here while I'm thinking about it. Um, uh, if you enjoyed this segment uh, and want more of this kind of uh, ponderings, uh, make sure that you subscribe to my Substack. Yes, I have a a Substack. Uh, I, I I gave up. <laughs> I think I mentioned this on the last show, but I I, I gave up uh, the s- social media apps on my phone because just for Lent to have a uh, a a break and a, a check myself from getting sucked into a lot of the uh, the drama of fandom, which is what I find myself doing too much on social media instead of you know productively discussing the things that interest me. So I was I was like, you know what? I need a better format, better forum. I love uh, Substack and 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 how it's become a a much more community-based social social media. Uh, so, and it's not even that. It's it's a it's a newsletter blog, and you can and pe- you can reply in the comments. You can kind of read my thoughts on Star Wars, Disney, some you know military life stuff. Just a uh, I consolidated all of my newsletter efforts into one place, and it's RileyWrites.substack.com. That's RileyWrites W R I T E S uh, RileyWrites.substack com. He's worth a lot to me. As you wish. Let's do a quick, uh, a quickie on uh, Boba's bounty. I actually wanted to do a plug for a um, a YouTuber. I'm not super familiar with him. I've only heard a few segments here and then, but uh, this uh, YouTube show that I discovered called Den of Nerds. It's Josh. Um, this guy Josh who does a series of live streams they have a live um they have a live stream channel they have a um they have a a main channel where they talk all things marvel and star wars but he's had a a few great segments commenting on star wars from a more like we're talking about nuanced perspective that that isn't like purely tribal and uh, <laughs> angry all the time, and th- so he has. He's had some, I, I think, really interesting thoughts on on recent developments in Star Wars and Star Wars fan community. Uh, he most recently talked about the uh, the rumored casting of Ezra Bridger 
um, Mina Masood, those rumors that are going around. And, uh, and it was a fun video. I'll link it in the Boba's Bounty section of the, sh- of the show notes. But uh, uh, Josh from Den of Nerds, uh, he's also on the uh, Nerd Theory podcast uh that star wars theory does on 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 their youtube channel so i've I've caught a little bit here and there and i want it was just a a different kind of discourse that i really enjoyed and appreciated uh and he does a great job so i've i've never met him never interacted with the guy but uh check it out especially if you liked that last segment uh josh from din of nerds and ladies and gentlemen that is gonna wrap up an episode of the Star Wars Report podcast. Thanks for tuning in, guys. I know it's a little bit, it's a bit more real world, but um, I had to do it. I had to do it. It's just some stuff that's been on the top of my mind. I, we've ta- talked about this stuff before, but in light of the whole Gina Carano situation, which was just unfortunate on so many levels, but um, uh, but in light of that situation, I, I, I kind of wanted to bring in Kurt's email. Kurt, thank you so much for, for sparking this the, these thoughts. I... I really do appreciate you emailing in, and I appreciate you supporting us on on our Patreon. You too, like Kurt, can support us. It is uh, patreon.com slash Star Wars Report for our rogue transmissions. Um, I got to say, guys, in the lead up to the wedding, it's it's been really tough to um, to maintain my regular recording schedule. I'm working on um, doing a little bit of revamping so that I can be more regular. They've been missing a couple weeks here and there, so make sure that... Um, I'll be posting those updates on Patreon as we um, probably shift our recording schedule um, and get set up for live recording again. So stay tuned for that. Uh, also, uh, the Substack is a great way. I'll, I'll be updating both for Mouse and Castle, of which there's a brand new episode just out recapping our trip to Disney after my uh, wedding reception. Uh, we talk a little bit about some Star Wars stuff in there. So check out Mouse and Castle. And uh, all thoughts on Mouse and Castle nerddom... Uh, replacing my um, efforts for the most part on social media <laughs> and the old newsletters. My Substack, RileyWrites.Substack.com. I'll be posting a a Substack newsletter um, probably later today, honestly, as I record this. Um, you can see all the old Substacks, too, if you go to that URL. But later today, I'm going to do a recap of the trip, the wedding trip, and some uh, highlights and photos from our experience at all four parks in two days. It was a whirlwind. Uh, so uh, make sure you stay tuned there. You can email us like Kurt did, starwarsreport at gmail.com, starwarsreport at gmail.com. Leave us a rating or review on uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you listen to the show. We're available there. We're available on Google Podcasts. We're available on Spotify. Wherever you listen to the show, leave us a rating and review. It helps get the word out. You can follow us on, on Facebook and Twitter at Star Wars Report. But really, the best place to keep up with... Uh, with my thoughts on fandom, uh, free of the uh, free of the outrage, free of the drama, uh, you can go to RileyWrites.Substack.com. I uh, want to do a plug for uh, my buddy Stephen Kent. We released a new episode of uh, the Beltway Banthas podcast that I produce. He's up to some really cool stuff as well. Um, but make sure you check out Beltway Banthas, talking the economics of Star Wars. Uh, the taxation of trade routes, actually. We get into it uh, on the latest Beltway Banthas podcast, so make sure you subscribe over there as well. But until next time, I'm just going to say, may the Force be with you. And remember, many Bothans died to bring you this podcast.
so goofy uh thanks for tuning in guys i appreciate you as always princess leia r2d2 